Hello, everyone, and welcome in to a special episode of That's What B Said. It's Bree along with Brittany and Meredith. In case you didn't know, today is International Women's Day, and we are thrilled to be celebrating this day with one of the most influential women in Cleveland. Ms. Callie Brownson, Cleveland Browns Chief of Staff, is here with us today, our most exciting guest we've ever had. <laughs> Hi, Callie. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Um, we know you guys are getting ready to embark on the 2021 season with the draft, um, getting prepared for that. We have a few questions laid out for you, um, and we'll close the session with you with a quick rapid fire session to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, you ready to jump right in? Let's do it. All right. Reliable, prepared trailblazer. All words your current or former coworkers and coaches have used to describe you. What is one word that you would use to describe yourself, both professionally and personally? I'd say driven. I think that's kind of always been something um, that, you know, I, I've had and I get it, I get really good at it from my dad. And, and if I had to attribute the person that I learned that from, it, it would definitely be my dad from the time that I was a, a young kid. Um, you know, when he let me play at nine years old, play football, and he probably gritted his teeth about it a little bit, but he, he had wanted to raise a driven young woman. And that's exactly what he did and, and why he supported me in it. And that, um, you know, reinforcing that through, through his support and his passion uh, helped me continue to be a driven person. And when I look back on my journey, I've just always had this drive for the things that I love and the things that I'm passionate for. Uh, so I think that's definitely the word I'd use uh, to describe it. All right. Yeah, so clearly, awesome. clearly in your world, glass ceilings do not exist. Um, you've made a lot of history with the Browns this season. Uh, in the game against Washington, you were coaching opposite another woman in Jennifer King. Sarah Thomas was a, a referee for that game. You filled in for the tight ends coach more than once. You filled in for Chad O'Shea. You've done so much for the Browns this year. And is any is the job that you did last year one of the reasons why your role is being expanded with the Browns this year. And if you want to, and if you can want to talk about some of the things that you'll be doing with the team in the 2021 season. Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And, and honestly, 2020 was, was a challenge for everybody uh, and definitely us within, within these walls and, and building a contingency plan and obviously hoping we never had to tap into it. But one of those things is, is when you, when you're a player in that contingency plan, you have to be ready to go. And one thing that, I've known it as being a female in sports and, and more specifically a female in football is opportunities are going to present themselves and you have to be ready to be the best version of yourself when that happens. Uh, I think adversity is, is built into this. Uh, and it's definitely one of my favorite things about football, even when I played and, and, and now being a part of it in this way is there's so much adversity in football that really reveals a lot of character. Um, I, I didn't know how my number was going to be called, so to speak uh, this year. Um, but I knew that there was going to be times where I had to step up and, and, and enhance my role just a a little bit and coach Stefanski and, and the rest of the staff and the players were counting on me to do so. So I, I really just think, uh, you know, yeah, you get a chance to prove yourself. And I really took all those opportunities to heart as an opportunity to, you know, reinforce why I'm here, uh, why, why I belong here, why I deserve to be here. And, and I think naturally that does uh, not just open up more opportunities, but establish trust, respect, and rapport amongst your coworkers. And I think that's really what it's all about. You know, it's not just about getting a seat at the table. It's about people continuing to recognize where your seat is at the table. And I think that that's what, um, you know, being able to, to take those opportunities and make the most of them really do. And yeah, I mean, moving into the 2021 season, my role doesn't really change uh, a lot. I think the one difference is Year one is always harder than year two, especially in this role uh, and the role that I have with coach. 
So uh, add COVID to that. And, 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 you know, I was really kind of slammed uh, with my responsibilities. Year two is a little bit easier. So I'm going to have a lot more time uh, to immerse myself on the football side. And I think that's kind of what, what everybody was a little curious about with, with my involvement uh, with, with Stump Mitchell and, and being in the running back room. I'm going to have a little bit more time. So part of my development and part of the role um, that coach brought me on here was to grow as a coach. And now I'm going to have a little bit more time, hopefully a little bit more time to be able to invest in that development in myself and it's something that I'm holding myself accountable to. And, and one of the reasons why that's expanding is because Coach Stefanski is holding me accountable to that as well. Brittany, you're muted. <laughs> Wait, how many times, Callie, in your meetings this year has someone been on mute? Because that's pretty much just been what 2020 has been. Yeah, I mean, I'd say without fail every meeting. <laughs> Who who is the worst offender of leaving themselves muted? Are you allowed to say? I can't say. Okay. <laughs> I, I think, you know, I'd say, and I won't say any names, but I think the worst offender is not just, is not the person who stays muted, but the person who forgets to mute themselves. <laughs> <laughs> you see a little bit more of that um, than anything else. Yeah, I got so excited that I just like ran to the mic and I'm like, blah, 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 and nothing came out. <laughs> but um, okay, so before I get to my real question, you mentioned Stump Mitchell. And I just want to know, what is he like as a person? Because he seems like such an interesting guy. Yeah, I mean, he's been in the league for a long time and he's seen a lot of things. So he's actually a phenomenal person to learn from. Mm -hmm. um, he's, you know, he's seen everything and, and uh, it's been really cool. I actually, weirdly enough, Stump, uh, Stump and I crossed paths in 2017 when I was working personnel with the Jets. He was a running back coach there. So we actually knew each other prior, um, you know, which helps when, when you first get here and being able to establish rapport. But he's a great guy. I mean, through and through, if you're talking about experience and seeing the league from so many different uh, highs and lows, I mean, he's, he's seen it all. So he's, he's an awesome resource to be able to talk to. Oh, I love it. Okay, now for my real question. Uh, you recently spoke at the NFL Women's Careers and Football Forum, offering up the advice, what did you do to help your team win today? It's a phrase you borrowed from your former professor. Um, so in a season that was full of uncertainty and filled with adversity, did you ever catch yourself in a negative headspace? Like, why me? Why is this happening to us? And if so, how did you shift that mindset? And if not, what kept you positive? Yeah, I, I've always been the kind of person who who knows that, you know, the, the amount of, of rent that you allow those things to, to take in your head takes away from you being able to kind of what we talked about earlier, be the best version of yourself when you need to be, um, you know, do things get frustrating? Sure. Do things get stressful? Sure. But again, that's the nature of the beast. You're still expected to do a job. You know, people are still relying on you to do, you know, what you're supposed to do. So I, I wouldn't say that I ever found myself in kind of a negative headspace or, or kind of was like, oh my gosh, why is this happening to us? You know, why, why? why this of all years to be the first year as a chief of staff doing this, you know, you can definitely lose yourself in that, but I chose to choose the positive and I'm lucky enough to work for somebody like coach Stefanski, who is the most poised and even keeled individual, I think ever. And I was able to learn a lot from that, you know, cool heads prevail. And I think that that was such a big thing for us was in order for us to make the right decisions and in order for us to, to, to make the most of this experience, we had to stay in a positive space and had to understand that no matter what we were going to handle it together as a staff, and then as a team, and that's exactly what we did. Awesome. Yeah, you talk about the being poised and level-headed. I, I mean, it was pretty incredible as fans of this team for a very long time, how quickly that shifted, the culture shift. Seems like you had a lot to do with that from what your coworkers talk about. 
Um, I just wanted to talk about that for a little bit too. You know, obviously you weren't part of the Browns um, in the past. You only had a perception of what the Browns were. When you came to this team, you know, was there anything that jumped out at you in terms of like seeing a shift, whether it was player shift, what you guys were doing? I mean, obviously you only have your experience with the Browns from being in the building day to day, but anything that jumped out at you where you really realized like, wow, we're, we're onto something. Yeah, you know, I think I didn't know too much about, you know, the Browns prior to us getting here and and Coach Stefanski and I's vision, I remember the first week being here was uh, we, we don't care what happened then, right? It's about pouring all of our efforts into what we're trying to accomplish now. And then COVID hits. And the best part about it is that didn't change for us at all. We just had to figure out how to do it virtually. Um, and I, I think, you know, I remember our first, you know, virtual team meeting. And I know just by scanning through Zoom and seeing all the heads nodding from these players who had never gotten to some of them, but, you know, a majority of them never got to meet Coach Stefanski in person. So you're seeing him for the first time trying to say, hey, this is what we're going to be this year through a Zoom screen, which we weren't all used to at that point. So um, I thought after that team meeting, seeing how engaged everybody was, and this is like the first real um, look into how just how weird everything was going to be um, and, and how engaged they all were and how much they bought in from the jump. Um, I knew that if we could do that virtually, that when we got the chance to be together, we were really going to be able to do something special from a culture standpoint. So at what point in your life did you decide that you wanted to be in football, whether it's as a player or a coach, like what inspired you to go towards football versus any other sport? Yeah, I think I started when I started playing, I was young, I was 19, my first season, um, you know, playing in the women's pro league. And for me, it was something to do. Uh, I played competitive sports and then I got bored and, and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, this, somebody approached me about it and I was like, that's awesome. And, um, and then it was really, you know, kind of a hobby. And then as I got a little bit older and and more mature in my career, um, I I knew my body was eventually going to fail me, uh, that I wasn't going to be able to play forever. Uh, but I knew that I was just, I was in love with football, changed my life, you know, and, and it brought me around some people who will be family for me forever. Uh, and it's just such a special sport. I mean, it's the reason why we're all on this, on this podcast right now right it's one thing bringing the four of us together and that's football and I think like it's so special in that regard so I, I didn't quite know how I was going to make it part of my life you know and then I was able to coach high school football but at that point there were no women coaching in college or the NFL so that was the peak for me you know I was gonna work a nine-to-five job and, and coach high school football and that was going to be the dream and then all of a sudden the women's careers in football form and then you start to see all this traction that starts to happen and then it became real to me and I remember the day that I stepped into the Jets facility for that internship. I knew I'm going to be in the league. I don't know how I'm going to make this work. I don't know how, um, but I'm going to find a way. Um, And I guess the rest is history from there. Okay, so one more question. Um, I I was looking at your Twitter the other day, which I, you know, do a lot. And (laughs) I saw a post, uh, it was about your dad. And as someone, like, I am also very close to my dad. He's like my best friend in the world. So what had... What was the best advice he's ever given you? Uh, it's funny. This actually just came up in conversation with he and I the other day. I was making fun of him. Um, he, he used to make me uh, shovel the driveway when it snowed back in Virginia. Oh. 
and I never did it well enough. And it used to make him so mad. Um, so then he would end up doing it himself. So we were actually telling that story and he used to say this one liner. And back when I was a kid, it used to drive me crazy. It was like nails on a chalkboard for me. But now that I'm older, I really like attribute it to my daily task. He used to say, uh, do a job big or small, do it well or not at all. Um, and it's like, it's, I know, but, and he used to, <laughs> It used to be like every other day saying that to me, but it's crazy because it's stuck with me. And now that I'm older, I really appreciate that. And it's how he was lived his entire life. He's never been somebody who cut corners and he's been successful and just a phenomenal person because of it. Um, so that's something that I think uh, I really think about uh, as one of the best pieces of advice and something that I definitely hammered in my head and it worked, it stuck. Um, but yeah, that's, that's something that I, I cherish and, and, um, I really appreciated, you know, having that kind of a mantra to, to go by. I'm going to have to use that, that on my kids, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take that away. I'm going to tell you, it may not work right off the bat, but as for 20 years, it's all to think about. I'll tell you what, though. So I, I grew up in Northern Virginia, too. I was actually born and raised in Springfield. And um, when we would get snow, my dad would try and get me to shovel. Uh, I would just be like, it's going to be above freezing tomorrow anyway, dad. Yeah. Just wait, just, just wait a day. The snow will go away. Yep. I just remember my parents, I, I, I was big into sports too. And, and you're actually probably too young for this Callie, but instant messenger was really big. No, like, I was get, all over okay. Like getting into the, getting into the chat rooms. Okay. Do you remember your, aim, what was your aim name? This is important. Oh, this is horrible. <laughs> it was, it was sup foo 1015. I'm not joking, but, but I did, but I did have the best dashboard confessional quotes in my way. Oh my God. Who did it? Who did not? I mean, the biggest flex was putting your away message on with the song lyric, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody thought I was very deep. I wasn't. (laughs) Well, I used to love getting into the chat rooms to chat with strangers, which like is terrifying now to think about it, but uh, my dad would be like, you can't get on instant messenger until you go outside and shoot 500 shots a day. I was a big basketball player. So I had to go, I was out there shooting my free throws 500 yeah. until the sun went down and then logging on to aim with my, you know, stellar screen name. So anyway, what I'd was say. it? What was it? Well, was mine, was, mine was breezer 21, but my best friends fun. was hottie boom Bilotti. Do you remember that song? <laughs> oh yeah. I was just singing it the other day. I was, I was telling Danny about it. He, he was like, <laughs> You're making that song up. I said, no, it really existed. This is the thing. Oh, those were actually the days. Those were the best. I know. My my name was was Rocky's girl. I was a big rock fan. Big wrestling girl. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mine so mine was I remember I had the word jaded in there because when I was 12, I was obsessed with the Aerosmith song Jaded. And that was that was my like away message lyrics. (laughs) Or from that song. So it was like jaded something or other with like my birthday on it. I, I can't right. remember, but it was so embarrassing. I definitely Ooh. take the cake for worse. Though. That was, that was, <laughs> I wish that was your Twitter handle. Not going to lie. <laughs> I have to bring it back. Might have to bring it back. All right, Callie. It could be, well, your, bur- it could be your burner. There you yeah. go. Very well, true. now my cover's blown. So. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> cover's blown. All right, Kelly, well, we'll get you out of here on some rapid fire questions. All right. So we're going to give you just a couple of things. Uh, one word answers, unless you want to elaborate, you know, in case you ever feel so compelled. All right. Binge worthy show. Either Shit's that you're Creek. watching. Oh, Shit's Creek. Good answer. Yeah. That's a good Love one. Uh-huh. Go to comfort food. Sushi. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yes. I actually just had sushi for lunch today. That's exciting. Nice. Do you have a favorite sport outside of football? Uh, baseball. Nats fan? Indians fan? 
Nats fan for sure. Grew up watching the Orioles because the Nats weren't there yet. Um, exactly. Yes. They make fun of me all the time. <laughs> I mean, I was, a, I was a massive Cal Ripken, Roberto Palmero. Brady Anderson yes. was the sleeper pick. So Brady yes. Anderson. Those I remember Burns. Yeah. My, my my favorite my favorite was when Brady Anderson was on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I screamed. I was so excited. I don't know if you can see. I have an Earl Weaver like miniature oh, okay. statue up on my shelf behind There's me. There's nothing like Boog Powell's Barbecue on Utah Street. That's it. I'm gonna leave it right there. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Uh, do you have a song that you listen to on game day that pumps you up? I don't actually. I don't. I like to Ooh. I like to kind of just let Spotify go on a tangent for me. But no, I do not have a go to. No dashboard confessional? That does not get me hyped up. <laughs> uh, that's a plane ride home. Okay, okay. Uh, well, since you also like baseball, if you could do a walk-up song, what do you think your walk-up song would be? Um, Fireman by Lil Wayne, obviously. Ooh. Ooh that's like a it. good answer. So this might be a difficult question to uh, answer because of COVID, but do you have a favorite spot in Cleveland, either restaurant, park, place to go like it was hard because things were closed for so long but now that things are starting to open up again have you discovered a place that you really like um not really yeah we haven't been able to see much I mean that's kind of what my goal is for uh for the summer <laughs> is to be able to see that so um let's do rain check on that answer I'll get back to <laughs> okay yes. uh do you have any superstitions um I don't no, sorry, I'm I'm becoming the least interesting person in Cleveland. <laughs> she's not even a little stitious. Not even a little stitious. <laughs> um, oh, I'm gonna wait to I have to ask you a personal Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts? Starbucks. Oh, Callie. She's killing me. <laughs> <laughs> uh and this is the most important question of all the questions. Do you believe in aliens? Um, yeah, there's gotta be something out there. There you go. There's got to be something out there, right? We are believers on this podcast. <laughs> the truth is out there. We are 100% no cap. We are believers <laughs> on this podcast. Yes, actually, we're going to hang up with you, and we're actually going to do our next podcast just about aliens, based on Baker Mayfield. <laughs> he, he really he really inspired us. Our sports podcast is now going to be about conspiracy uh, theory and aliens. <laughs> love it. I love Listen, it. I, right. I don't know how far Texas is from Area 1, but I do not for a second doubt that Baker Mayfield saw something crazy for sure not yeah. at all like yeah um all right Kelly well thank you so much for coming on our show tonight spending some time with us um, we wish you all the best of luck this year and we hope to speak to you again soon um as a girl mom love to see what you're doing keep crushing it and we'll be cheering you on over here awesome thank you for having me thank, thank you so much you. thank you so much for joining us well, that was pretty amazing, you guys. Um, we would like to thank Callie Brownson once again for joining us on International Women's Day, coming on our show and chatting with us. Uh, we could have kept her for 45 minutes, but not going to lie, we were all a little bit nervous. So we hope to have Callie back sometime soon. Thank you guys so much for listening to our show. Um, this was a monumental moment for That's What Bee Said. And we hope you continue to listen to us. We'll continue to have guests on and uh, keep up in the bar. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs>